Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Today, we're going to continue in a, a, a message that we've been teaching on. We've called it Red Letter. And what we mean by that is if you read through the Gospels or in the Bible where Jesus spoke words, you know, if you have a red letter edition, you'll find those words are red. Sometimes I've called it the hot sauce of the word. It brings flavor. It brings life to you and me. So we've been just taking some words of Jesus and and expounding on them. And today we're going to do that. We're going to look at what Jesus said about Holy Spirit. Sound good? Father, help us as, as we uh, endeavor to minister the word. We thank you for Holy Spirit who is here, who does make things alive, who takes words and, and drives them home, gets them into our heart, and shows us how to live them. Thank you, Father, for the great gift you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, I love talking about Holy Spirit, you know. You know, it's so great to be a Christian because it isn't just, you know, going to church. You know, if that was all it was, you wouldn't find me here, okay? It's not just about going to church. It's about something that's alive. It's alive. It's not about some ritual that we just do to feel good about what we're doing. It's something that we come together, we strengthen each other. Pastor Stephen was talking about small groups, and you guys know the story of the the crippled man that came to Jesus. He couldn't walk, and he had four friends that carried him in a bed, and they got him to Jesus. And we've said this, that everybody in life needs four crazy friends. For crazy friends, you know, there's times in life where we face things that we just, we need help. Has anybody ever needed help? And, and, and God, just in his way, he uses people right here that are next to you. And, and sometimes when you're going through things, I'm telling you what, you need flesh and blood that believes like you, that, that connects with God like you do, and to come along and pick up your bed and get you to Jesus. You know? Amen? You with me? <laughs> Glory to God. So, so praise God. For the opportunity that we have to come together. Praise God for the strength that's there, you know, here at Liberty. Praise the Lord. So it is alive. It is alive. That's where I was going when I said that. Holy Spirit makes things alive, you know. He takes things in and brings reality to them. You know, as a new Christian back uh, in the 70s when I got born again, it was just amazing to me that I could read the Bible and, 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 you know, I'd, I'd attempted to read the Bible before that, and I, I, I got tripped up in Ezekiel when he had those visions, you know, of, of angel, angelic beings coming down, and I thought they were UFOs, honestly, you know, and that's what I thought, and we'd, we, me and my friends would talk about it and say, well, wow, you know, but then I remember just as a, as a new Christian, I, I'd gotten born again. And, and, you know, I'd read the Bible, usually at night. That was just my time. It still is, is largely my time with God is at night. And, and um, you know, me and Nicodemus, Nick at night. Remember the man came to Jesus by night? His name was Nicodemus, Nick at night. That's him and me. We, we connect. And, and uh, so anyway, I'm having my time reading the Bible, and it's like I'm just amazed, you know? 
It was because, and I didn't understand it then, but what was happening is Holy Spirit was just taking these words I was reading, and he was like driving them home into my heart. Sometimes you're sitting in church, and, and you know, you, you guys, you know, can be fooled sometimes into thinking that I'm a good speaker. But the reality is, is I'm just speaking these words of life, and Holy Spirit is working with us, and he takes them, and he goes, bam, and you go, Wow. You know, and it's not what I say that matters. It's what the Holy Spirit says to you about what we're saying. Okay? So, Holy Spirit, man, he's just like where it's happening, you know? And, and you know, I've been a Bible collector. What do you mean a Bible collector? Well, that's what I mean. I've collected Bibles over the years. You know, people have hobbies. I found this years ago that my wife, Dana, she likes to go into, like, antique stores. Is any, you know, maybe you're a guy and you like to go into antique stores. I understand. Because you got to have a purpose when you go in there. That's where I was missing it for a long time, is I'd go in with these stores and she's looking at little trinkets and things that I'm like... <laughs> Oh, I don't get it. <laughs> There's no movie theater here. I can go escape. There's, a, there's an antique store. Ah! But I, I found a purpose in them. And what I'd do is I'd go in and I'd look at their books. You know, so Dana would be over there looking at little miniatures or whatever. And I'm just lost in their books. And I'm looking for Bibles, you know, different translations and things. And so, you know, over the years, you know, uh, I haven't added any recently, but, you know, uh, Back in the day, I probably collected at least 60 different translations that I have in my office. So people hear that and they go, wow, what's your favorite translation? What do you really like to read the Bible in? And you know, I've got the answer for that. And you know what it is? It's to read it in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's cheating, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Reading in the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, whatever version you got, I'm telling you, there are some uh, benefit in reading different versions. You know, you can tell I've been liking the message lately in the last year. But, but it's because the Holy Spirit comes and he just goes, bam. He throws the searchlight on. It's like you're on a tour going through the Bible. And, and you're not just on a tour. You actually have a tour guide. And he's been appointed just to you. And he takes you to the places, not just any place. He takes you to the places that you need to go. And shows you things that you need to hear. It's so amazing, you know, like, like even in a church service. We can be preaching on, on something that seems totally unrelated, but Holy Spirit will take things and just make them real to you right where you're at. And it's like, wow, they're reading my mail. Well, no, it's just Holy Spirit is, is just enlightening you. I always remember one time years ago, we were uh, associate pastors in a church over in, in Minnetonka, and then we moved to Hopkins in Minnesota. And, and we had a guest speaker in one day, and he spent the whole Sunday morning service talking about marriage, about marriage. Can you believe it? Of all things, he talked about marriage. And it was Jim Caseman, if anybody you know Jim. But, uh, you know, it was a good service. But what amazed me is at the very end of the service, he gave an altar call. What do you mean an altar call? I mean, he asked if anybody there wanted to come forward. He didn't just have them pray in their seats. He said, would you like to come forward right now? We're going to pray with you to be born again. You know, we had people that came forward and got born again after he taught on marriage. How is that? How can that be? He didn't call them forward to get married. It wasn't a mass appeal for people to come and, and join in marriage. No. He, he said, Could, would you like to come forward and be born again? It's because the Holy Spirit took words 
and he made them real to people right where they were sitting. He hit home with things right, right, right where they were sitting because Holy Spirit knows you and I. He knows how to get things across to us in the way that we need to receive it. He knows what's going on in our life, and he'll speak light into that area and show you, and you'll be going there, and you'll go, wow, now I see it. Now I see what I can do. I see how I can apply the word in this area, how I can connect with Jesus and rise up in life. Isn't it amazing? It's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to fool you guys and that I'm not that great a teacher. But it is the Holy Spirit, you know, but that's, that's the truth. So anyway, we're getting into this here. Luke 4, starting in verse 16, and, and here's what it says. It says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. I, I love that about Jesus. He was a churchgoer. It was his habit to go to church on the Sabbath day. Cool. All right. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. In verse 18, it says, In the Spirit of the Lord, Jesus talking, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed upon him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so all bore witness to him, and they marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? All right, so, you know, Jesus read a passage of scripture and, and uh, you know, it probably was not the first time many of them had heard that particular scripture, but this time it was different. And what was different is that the Holy Spirit had anointed Jesus for ministry. Did you get this? You know, I was thinking about it, and in today's message, there's probably three things I'm going to talk about, about the Holy Spirit. One is this, he's come to anoint you and I. He's come to anoint us for service. He's come to anoint us for ministry. You know, when we go out and we pray for people, I'm telling you, I mean, don't get weird about this, but be confident about this. When you go forth in Jesus' name, I'm telling you what, you don't go out alone. You go out with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In another place in Isaiah, it says this about the anointing. It says that the anointing, and we talk about the anointing, you know, back in the Old Testament, they used to anoint the priest, and what they did is they poured oil over them. You know, what a mess. But anyway, today, today it's a different thing. It's not like you got to have oil poured on you, but it's the Holy Spirit that gets poured on you. And he doesn't just do that, you know, for, for no reason. He does that to equip you. Just go forth and to minister. So another place in Isaiah, it says that this anointing that we're talking about, this Holy Spirit anointing, he said, and he said it actually destroys, get this, the yoke of bondage. All right. Now, if you're not familiar with that term, I got to say, you know, before I was a Christian, I never talked about the yoke of bondage. I mean, you know, come on. Where does that come from? But, but what it means is this. It means that the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will come. And, and is, has there ever been things that have just kind of held you back in life? 
Have there ever been things that just kind of bound you up and you just couldn't break free from them? Well, one of the things that Holy Spirit comes to do is to destroy that kind of stuff in your life. To break you free. Like we talked about in communion this morning, to make you whole. To make you whole and complete. So Jesus said all these words and they were, they were amazed. And, and, you know, they'd prob- they obviously had seen Jesus before. It was his custom to come there on the, on the Sabbath day. They recognized that he was Joseph's son. But when they, what they heard was the anointing of the Holy Ghost coming through this young lad as he stood up to read in their midst. That's the power of God. That's not anything to take lightly, but it's something to expect and to appreciate. Okay? In Acts 10.38, you know, um, Peter's talking here, and he's talking in the house of Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile, and it was the first time that Peter had preached the gospel to the Gentiles, people that were not Jewish, okay? And in Cornelius's house, Jesus preached, or Jesus, Peter preached this message, and right in the middle of it, he said this, he said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. So the anointing worked in Jesus' life, and his ministry, and that anointing was the Holy Spirit upon him, okay? So I say all that, but bear in mind, Holy Spirit is resting upon you too, okay? All right, let me read on. In John 14, pretty much the, the remainder of what I have is in John 14, 15, and 16 this morning, okay? Because Jesus just, it seems like, you know, he's having this chat with, with his disciples and he's prepping them for days ahead, days that are going to be different than, than they have been for these guys. You know, days where Jesus is going to actually complete his ministry on the earth and he's going to die and raise from the dead and go up into heaven. And they're not going to be hanging out elbow to elbow with Jesus. And so he's, he's preparing them for this, this change. And, and here in John 14, 16, he says this, some words about Holy Spirit. He says, I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, uh, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. Can you say, in me? As a Jesus said, he said, this spirit of truth, this Holy Spirit, this comforter, this strengthener, this standby guy, he's going to be here. He said, you know, I'm not going to be here, guys, but he's going to be here, and I'm telling you, it's going to be good. He's going to not just be here. He's going to be in you. So, you know, Holy Spirit, he came to anoint you, and he came to be in you. There is a power. There's a force that's on the inside of you and I, man, that's greater than anything out there. Greater than anything out there, greater than any power any country has, any, any, any world power has. I'm telling you, you got Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. In, in John's epistle, there's many things he said that, that were, were similar to this, that what Jesus said. But one thing he said is this. He said, guys, listen, you've got the greater one living in you. The greater one living in you. A guy named Smith Wigglesworth, uh, some of you have heard of him. He was a preacher in another day. But he said this one time, he said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. Yeah. 
how does that work? Man, that sounds dangerous. It sounds like you could explode. It sounds like as you were talking about that, that, that heart monitor that, you know, it's a flat line, they're dead. But, you know, it goes up and up and up. And I was thinking, my goodness, are they going to explode? It keeps going higher and higher. That's what Smith said. He said, man, you're, you're a thousand times bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. It's because, you know, with this outer shell, this, this body that I have, it's limited in its powers, okay? You know, as buff as I am, I'm telling you what, there's limitations. But I mean, who's laughing? <laughs> ushers, ushers. <laughs> Disturbance. <laughs> now, what did Jesus, Jesus had attendance. He gave the Bible to his attendant. Anyway, um, so anyway, on the inside of us, and the inside of me, the inside of you, I'm telling you, there's unlimited power. Holy Spirit is living in us. All right, you know what? Let me just say a couple things. He is a person. He is the third person of the Godhead. He's not some Mr. Vapor, some experience, or he's not just some, some influence in your life. He is real, and he lives in you. He lives in you. Are you with me here this morning? Holy Spirit, Jesus said this. He said, he said he's going to come and he's going to live in you. Wow. You know, you don't have to look far to find him. He's right there. He's right there. He's right there with you. Paul was talking about it. By Paul, I mean the Apostle Paul. And, and more than once, he said things like this. He says, we're living in a new day, folks. These are my words to his words. He says, we're living in a new day where the Spirit of God is living on the inside of you. He said, you're a temple of God. He said, when you walk, he walks in you. He walks right in you. I mean, he, he's going wherever you go. When you come in the room, you're bringing God in the room. You're bringing Holy Spirit in the room. Why is that? It's not because I'm anybody or you're anybody. That's how God made it in this new covenant that we live in, okay? It was his idea, his idea, and Jesus is telling us about it. So in John 14, 25, he goes on again and says this. He says, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. So again, three things. I don't, did I ever mention the three things? I said one uh, this morning, we're going to see that we're anointed by the Holy Spirit. Two, we're going to see this, that he lives in us. He lives in us. And three, this is not the only thing, but is certainly a big thing he does, is that is that he teaches us. He reveals things to us. He's in us for a purpose. He's in us for a purpose. John 15, uh, 26, uh, he said this, When the Helper comes, when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he's going to testify of me. So what Jesus said is this. He said that Holy Spirit, when he comes, and he has come, he is here, and what he'll do is he's going to point us to Jesus. He's going to take and magnify Jesus in our life, okay? He doesn't stand between you and Jesus. He brings you to Jesus. He helps you. You know, don't be afraid of Holy Spirit. He's there to help you. He's there to magnify the Master, 
okay? In John 16, verse 7, and let's go there, and I'm going to start in the King James, but I'm going to switch to the Amplified in a minute. In John 16, 7, Jesus here, he said this. He says, nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'm going to send him to you. Now again, the crowd that Jesus is talking to here is his closest followers. And he's telling them things that, that in some ways they're going right over their heads. Because they're walking around here on the earth. You know, they had ideas flooding through their head like Jesus was coming to set up a, a kingdom on the earth and they were going to sit on the right hand and the left hand of Jesus as he reigned here now. They didn't quite see it clearly at that point. Now Jesus did come to set up a kingdom here on the earth, but it wasn't a physical kingdom. It was a spiritual one, okay? And he does reign in our lives and in our hearts, okay? And, and he said this them, to them though, he says, guys, it's going to be better for you when I go away. Have you ever just fantasized about what it would have been like to, to be a disciple, to be a Peter, James, or John? You know, have you ever thought about it? What would it be like? You know, people get this, this whole romantic idea of walking the shores of Galilee, you know, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. I think that's cool. But I'm telling you this. Jesus said, it's even better for you than, than walking the shores of Galilee. It's even better for you than hanging with Jesus himself when he was here on the earth that I send you, Holy Spirit. Because wherever you go, he's going to be with you. I've read times where Jesus would go off to pray, and they didn't know where he was. They had to go looking for the guy. Let me tell you what, Holy Spirit is right there with you. He's there with you. Let me read on. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Same verse, and then we'll go on from there. He says, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it's profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you. Did he get it across here? That I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, strengthener, standby, He'll not come to you and be in close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I'm going to send him to you, and he'll be in close fellowship with you. And when he comes, he'll convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. Doesn't that sound heavy? Jesus said he's going to come. Well, first of all, let me back up a minute. Can I stop here and back up? Be all right? All right. One of the things that Jesus said Holy Spirit was going to come to do and be in our life is, is our, our, our advocate. Our advocate. I love that term. We could go off on any of the things that Jesus said. You know, he's our strengthener. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. All of them, you know, are great descriptions of Holy Spirit's work in our life. But this word advocate you know, it means it, it's someone who, who pleads your cause in a court of law. That's what it means. It means they're like a lawyer. How about that? Holy Spirit's like a lawyer. Did you ever grab that one before? And what he does is he pleads your case. He stands up for your rights. That's what Holy Spirit does. 
He stands up for your rights, and that's, that's what an advocate does. The Holy Spirit is not a, a nag. He's not there to point out all your sin. He's there to lift you up and to point you and I to Jesus. So again, what Jesus said is, is there's three words Jesus used in talking about what Holy Spirit would do in our lives. He said, he'd, he, these are the three words, I'll just say them, uh, sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now you could go off on a wrong trail without the Holy Spirit and without the words that Jesus said to define, clearly define what he was meaning. Let me read in verse 9. He said about sin, why does Holy Spirit come and talk about sin? This is what he comes to talk about. He says about sin because they don't believe in me, trust in, and rely on, and adhere to me. When it comes to sin, what Holy Spirit does is he says, look guys, sin is yuck. Jesus set you free. Holy Spirit comes to point you to Jesus as a way of freedom, a way of escape. You know, if, if anybody has wallowed around in sin for any length of time, they're going to, if they're real, if they're honest with you or themselves, they're going to tell you it's not much fun. It's not much fun. It has, the Bible says that sin has a pleasure for a season. And, you know, like fall can be in Wisconsin, sometimes it's a short season. And all of a sudden, you're in the middle of winter. And it's 30 below, and it's snowing two feet on you. Some, someone here last week was telling me they used to live in Alaska. And they said they thought it was so funny because people here talk about getting 10 inches of snow. They said because in Alaska, we didn't measure it in inches. We measured it in how many feet it snowed. <laughs> And, 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 you know, my brother lives in Louisiana, and, and uh, he, he had snow this week in Louisiana. I loved it because he couldn't brag to me about mowing his lawn or something, you know. But, you know, the snow barely covered the ground. But, boy, it was snow. They probably stopped the road. My, my daughter, Casey, and son-in-law, Ben, live in Portland, and, and, and they get snow. And if it snows like an inch or two, they pretty much shut the city down because they don't have plows like we do. And, and uh, you know, it shuts it down. Why are we talking about snow? Anyway. All right. So sin. Sin. If they, it, why, do they, why does he point to sin? He doesn't point to sin. He points to Jesus. He says, Jesus is your way of escape. Jesus is the way to get out. You know, sin makes you miserable. Sin has a grip on people. But Jesus came and broke that grip. Holy Spirit is here to show you the way to Jesus. He comes to talk about righteousness. And what does he mean about righteousness? He means about right standing with God. Holy Spirit comes to, to, to bring to you the knowledge and the revelation that Jesus made you righteous. And, you know, he just didn't give you a little righteousness. He didn't just make, you know, there's, this is what I want to tell you. There's no such thing as a half-saved Christian. Okay. Well, you know, he's, he's, I think he's half saved. No, there's a complete work done when anybody calls on the name of Jesus. A complete work. And he didn't make you 50% righteous. He made you 100% righteous. And Holy Spirit, he comes in our life to say, yeah, yeah, you're 100% righteous. The devil will come and he'll tell you things like, no, you're a worm. You're, you're unworthy. You're unworthy. 
You know, it's like the guy, uh, was that movie where they saw Alice Cooper, Wayne's World? He says, we're not worthy. We're not. That's what the devil says. He says you're not worthy. N not too many people saw that movie. You had to see it. You can YouTube that section. Anyway, but, but, but the Holy Spirit comes to say, guys, you are worthy to go before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, to stand before any, anybody because of what Jesus did for you and I. Then he says about judgment. Whoa, boy, that's a scary one. He comes to talk to me about judgment. Well, it doesn't say he came to judge you and make you feel low. He came to tell you about the judgment that went on, that the devil has been judged. He's been shown to, to be for who he is, and he's been stripped of his power. That's what Holy Spirit does. He doesn't come to magnify the things of the devil. He comes to magnify what Jesus did for you and, and who you are now in Christ. As a matter of fact, we should spend very little time thinking or talking about the devil. Ha! Ha! It's the truth. He's been defeated. His power has been taken from him. Now, I know we live in a corrupt world and it's a fallen world, but you and I stand out as lights in this world, people who have been redeemed and set free, and the devil does not have power over you and I. Amen? Amen? Let me read on. Jesus said in, in John 16, 12, I'm switching back to New King James here. Did I finish everything here? Uh, in the Amplified, I'll just read it in New King James. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Why would he say that? You can't bear them now. Because whether you know it or not, the disciples, when they walked with Jesus, I'm talking about when they were there, when the, the, the multitudes were fed. I'm talking about when Peter walked on the water. I'm talking about when, when Lazarus was raised up from the dead. All this time, the disciples that walked with Jesus at that day and time, they were not born again. They were not born again. You see, all of the Old Testament saints, this was so mind-blowing to me when I, got, when, I, when I got saved and I started to read and I saw these things. But, but all the Old Testament saints, as great a people as they were, Abraham, David, you know, Samson, all these people, they were not born again because no one was born again until Jesus went to the cross, died, and rose from the dead. Because that's where salvation was made available. So Jesus is talking to the disciples. He says, guys, I've got things I need to tell you right now, but you're not able to bear them. You're not equipped at this point in life to bear them. But it wasn't but a little time that went by, and these guys were born again. And Holy Spirit comes, he comes to show you and I, to take us down the trails of our redemption. He comes to take the things that Jesus did 2,000 years ago and make them real in our life today. You know, Holy Spirit is not holding back on us. In, in, I'm going to deviate from Jesus for just a minute. I'm going to read you something Paul said. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, uh, the Apostle Paul said this. He says, As it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them who love him. Now, many times, I've, I, I, well, maybe not many, but I have heard people read this and stop right there, and then they put on this, this religious voice and they go, Oh, 
the things of God, they're too great for us to know or understand. Nobody's ever heard that before. Okay? You can't stop in that verse. You can't stop there. You read on. The very thing that comes next, he says, but, but, what's the but there for? Well, here it is. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. What man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. But we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Wow. Let me read, let me finish it. It says, these things we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but with words that the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Holy Spirit works on the inside. He shows you things on the inside. In the Cornish, Cornish translation, um, it says it this way. It says, The materially minded man who thinks through the senses is totally and utterly ignorant of God's spiritual messages. They're absolute foolishness to him. And he cannot reach them, for they're only made known to the spiritual character. All right, I, I like that version. It's a good one. So anyway, Holy Spirit, he works in us, and he shows us reality and truth on the inside. It's kind of like this. It goes off in you, and you go, oh, and that's when the light bulb comes on, but it comes from Holy Spirit. Now let me finish what I was reading in John 16. I'm jumping back there, and we'll end with this. It says, however, when the spirit of truth has come, he's going to guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He'll tell you things to come. He'll glorify me. He'll take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he's going to take of mine and declare it to you. That's how Holy Spirit operates. He takes all these things of Jesus and brings them to us, makes them real to us, shows us how to live it. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.